I think it's interesting that in English, mm -hmm. the pronoun I is capitalized, not the pronoun we mm. or even you, but I. Mm. So Heavy the Anglo-Saxon cultures are extremely individualist. Yeah. And Which starts with I, by the way. And as represented even in the capitalization of the pronoun anywhere in the sentence. Mm -hmm. Not just the beginning. No, it's it's like a mm -hmm. it's like a um a important word. Now you know in, in <laughs> that also starts with an I. Yeah, it's pretty clever. I mean, uh, there yeah, are lots of other languages important. where we capitalize words for different reasons in different ways. Mm -hmm. In German, we're capitalizing lots of pronouns, not just the I pronoun, and and it can occur anywhere in the sentence or in certain places in the sentence. But it's very interesting that in the most individualist cultures in the world, where individualism really developed uh, to the standard that it that it is today, and I'm not demoting it. I'm you know there is great value in individualism. There are great problems associated with it as well. When there's too much of it, it can become toxic, and I think we've we've talked about some of that. Yes. But in English, this this high value on individualism is represented linguistically, even in the way that we write the pronoun "I." Okay, sure it is. I and, agree. I'm, <laughs> wow. And who are you? I don't you're, know. You're Torin. Yes. And you're Tom oh, yeah. Peterson. And you're Dean Foster. And here we are talking about culture, because. Oops. Oops. Your, Your culture is showing. showing. You know, <laughs> and hopefully you don't, because otherwise, why listen to this? But just kind of going off of your little pronoun thing there with I being capitalized, the, the only other time we really, other than at the beginning of a sentence, the only time is we take another pronoun and we attribute it to a, a, a higher being, uh, a god or something, then we give it status to say that it should be capitalized. But but yeah, in in, in the English language, it is it, the only one is I that gets capitalized every single time. As a pronoun. The As a pronoun. pronoun it, but yes. Standing by itself. I mean, there are lots of other nouns that do get capitalized. Or in a contraction where it is You know, if you're, if you're, if you're mentioning a particular group of people or a particular culture, well, you're yes. going to capitalize that. But those aren't pronouns. But they're not pronouns, no. right? And they're of all proper the, nouns. And, and of all the pronouns... I becomes a proper noun because of the way it's capitalized. And in opposition to the fact that we could choose to capitalize we, but we don't. We capitalize the single individual. We or you. Or even you. I, exactly. I need to ask, we haven't announced that this is grammar time. Is is this officially grammar time? Uh, hold on, let me check. Okay. Grammar time. Grammar time. Everybody loves grammar time. But it's okay. culture time. Culture, culture time. Because grammar culture time. Everybody loves. Really loves. Yeah, really culture loves culture time. time. All right. Because, because grammar <laughs> is, is representative. Once again, it's just a manifestation of culture. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. uh, and so the way we organize our linguistics and our speech mm. is, is a window into our culture, mm. which is why people work the way that they do mm -hmm. or don't. You know, mm -hmm. and and to the degree to which one would 
work in a certain way is going to be constrained and 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 designed by by the culture in which we're working. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and I think an article came out just recently also about how uh, in France, for example, the um, the the lunch cannot be taken in the workplace. Is mm. that correct? At all. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I saw this on uh, NPR in the last month from when we were recording. We're recording this in July. That would be National <laughs> Public Radio. <laughs> to let you all know, yes. National Public Radio. Um, so I believe in June 2022. Yeah, there, I saw that article too. I think it was from, uh, we've mentioned the Rough Translation podcast. And I think it was associated with that as well. And they talk about global cultures. and uh, Right. It was that uh, eating at your desk is banned in france lunch in love for lunch mm -hmm. yeah in the workplace eating at the desk though yep. like you could there could be other areas in the workplace where you could eat but i think the idea is they don't want you eating solo at the desk. lunch eating is frowned upon oh the yeah. eye and so the individual uh -huh. by themselves uh, is frowned upon interesting hmm. yeah because the premise is here in france we value the input from others mm -hmm. in the downtime that we have to share a meal together. Right, right. And I remember the article was talking about, I, I believe, I'm, if I remember correctly, I, I think I do, from, it started in the 1890s, where there were just a lot of, you know, more and more diseases that folks were catching. More infectious so, diseases. Right. And so the idea was, okay, we have this time around lunch and with the Industrial Revolution, now there's, you know, the, the work day and there's lunchtime. So right. during lunchtime, let's get people out of the office, out of this cramped space or, or factory or wherever the workplace is, out of this cramped space into the open air. And then it sort of became part of the culture of what well, this is the expectation where we come, we, we go out to eat with other people in that social environment like you're talking about. Yeah. Right, and I think that's very very interesting because from our vantage point today, we can look at this phenomenon and we can say, oh, look at the, the, the French tradition of gathering and socializing at, at lunch and that they're valuing the, the need for people to socialize with each other and to be together with each other as something that can actually be beneficial to the workplace. Mm, yeah. While... That's probably true now. There was a component when this started that that had to do with something far more basic, right. which was hygiene. <laughs> right, and and right. we don't want people to to spend the, their full eight hours a day in a in a tuberculosis infested mm -hmm. stew. Stew, yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. Sure, <laughs> exactly. But the fact that now it's become valued as a benefit to to, to work and to business, that people should have downtime mm -hmm. away from their desk, away from their screens right. in order to socialize with each other. One could say that, well, we're rom romanticizing the origins of this tradition, which are which were very different from the way it's it's become. But on the other hand, it didn't become valued that way for no reason. Mm -hmm. right. right. So there is something, in fact, in French culture which tends to value this mm -hmm. even today beyond the fact that it th that it helps you avoid tuberculosis. Right. Well, well let me yeah. let me let me throw something in there that I think goes to the value uh, is that I mean look at the French culture it, it it greatly values food and drink. So the idea mm. that you diminish yeah. the food and drink right. 
and make it into a um, a byproduct or a, a pastime quickly, a quick pastime. But it's just as something as necessary a, as a, as a bodily function. Just yeah. get the just get the right. food in from there. passing out in the afternoon right. is is it, yeah. is is just totally against the the essence of that part of the French culture. That does seem to be more of an appreciation of life and enjoying the food and yeah. drink that you have, as opposed to it's just functional. I need this to be able to be productive. So sure. there were lots of other cultural reasons for the French to value this, and therefore it should be no surprise that it evolved that it caught in, on in, yeah. in, 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 in into the into in, the in, tradition in it is yes. now. Right. right. It, it, I, I'm, I also, I want to. From what you're talking about, it sounds like because um, I did not hear it on NPR or read the article, mm-hmm. but because um, as you can see, I prepared for this. <laughs> um, but the um, the idea of the desk, I, and I think Dean used one word that I think is very important in today's society now, and especially coming off of the pandemic, where so much was done this way, mm-hmm. the screen, mm. and but because the screen. Also, if what is that done in France in in many places? Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that person is sitting there, and you know, like there are places in America where that person's sitting there dragging their lunch in and sitting over the computer and eating while they're working and so sure. on. But the reality is, in a lot of cases, they're not working. Mm. They're they're doing other right. things. They're scrolling Facebook or whatever. Yeah, right? whatever. Whatever and, social and, media. Yeah, and so that's what's going on there, and that is so much. Uh, to me, I, it seems like in the French culture, that's just you're 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 not focusing on the food and the company or the drink. You're focusing on this. Yeah, well, it's I very think antisocial. I think antisocial. Yeah, and, and, and what we're I think fundamentally looking at and describing here is the difference between work to live cultures mm. and live to work cultures. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Where work is seen either as something you do in order to get on with your life. Yeah. And as a society, we're going to create a system or groups of systems that allow one to live a certain way. And working toward that is one of the ways that we do that. As opposed to as, as opposed to the opposite, which would be live to work right where work is seen as something that can give you an advantage above others mm-hmm. there's the individualist above others <laughs> independent of creating a society where everyone can live a, a a life based that that is decent and functional and providing all the things that we need yeah. so do we live in in a culture that is dedicated toward or valuing nurturing nurturing a way of living as a society or do we live in a in a in a culture where it's all about individual competition in order to create the kind of life you as an individual and your immediate family want to live mm-hmm. and i think you have all sorts of different kinds of behaviors that evolve out of this basic different orientations mm-hmm. these two basic different orientations sure so you'll have the american just shoving the food down their throat at their desk because biologically they need a certain amount of nutrition in order to continue the next eight hours yeah and and then you have the french who are going to resist that kind of thing because they're looking to create a society where everyone can benefit from the fact that we that we work the way we work right and that we 
work to live as opposed to live to work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And 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 it it is also a culture that is very proud of of its past and where it comes from and its development. I mean, they have they have laws about certain use of words and language in France, uh, protecting the French language. And so, if if you're feeling that way about your culture, it is a it's something to say. No, we're not going to let you become this kind of uh, bland version of what we've been. We're going to say to you, 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 and if we have to do it through legislation, then we will, because that, in essence, that is kind of what government's supposed to do. If you really want to go that direction, yeah, and and help you have an excuse to be able to say, well, I have to, I can't stay here for lunch. I have to go out. Good. Right. Then then go out and do that because then you're susceptible to the other parts of the culture that you know very well mm. about French the French food, cuisine, uh the the the, the wine and so on and so forth and all of those things. <clears throat> so uh, it would seem to me that this just goes right with that. Right. Well, I, I know that in, here in the US I have worked past five o'clock in the afternoon many times, and I've been talking with a supervisor, a manager at that time. And um, especially when I was younger, I would do that more often. I've tried to do less and less of that as time goes on and try to kind of disconnect at the end of the workday. But there's no, you know, there's no regulation, there's no law against, you know, talking to a manager or continuing to work till six or seven. And it can be very tempting, especially in a, you know, live to work culture mm-hmm. <laughs> to kind of get immersed into that, right? So there was another article, um, again, through Rough Translation on NPR, that talked about in Portugal, that there are laws that are called referred to anyways, right to disconnect laws, where the manager or the boss will be actually fined, I think it's about 10,000 euros, for getting in contact with the employee past five o'clock. For contacting an employee after hours. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Because this is not just, this This idea is not just confined to France. This is more of a pan-European idea mm, where, okay. where government and legislation is responsible for ensuring a certain quality of life for mm. all the citizens. Mm, right. Right. And that means disconnecting from the workplace or taking orders from the boss or the, or the supervisor. And, um, and, and, and we'll see this throughout all of Europe in comparison to the extremely um, live-to-work attitude. And it is extreme. And it is in the U.S. Mm-hmm. where no matter what... Y- what the way you live your life is dependent on what you do as the individual and the degree to which you dedicate yourself or lean in to the success that you envision. And it is highly competitive and individualistically competitive. Mm. And the government doesn't owe you anything for the kind of quality of life that you're going to experience. Right. So you, you get this, um, mythical, um, idea that the more we work, and the harder we work and the longer we work, mm-hmm. the more we're going to get something back for that in right. terms of the quality of life that we can create for ourselves and our families. And um, it's interesting now with the pandemic and mm-hmm. with the development of technology, living on screens, that real time and any time can get conflated. Right, mm-hmm. right. 
sure. and, and working from home because of the pandemic becomes something which is really gets translated in the U.S., in the individualist culture, in the work to live culture. I'm sorry, in the live to work culture. Mm-hmm. It gets translated into twenty four seven work. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right, because you can you, can, if, right. you know, without the boundaries so, that have been set. Yeah, and, amongst and, and, you and, as employees, it and, could happen. And, and those who believe that are working themselves to death, right. even more so than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. While the response to the pandemic and to technology and to all of this in the in the work to live cultures. <laughs> And we'll go to the other side of the pond to see that, mm. France and Germany and many of the European cultures. Mm-hmm. It's not creating a 24-7 work culture. In fact, mm. we're having legislation yeah. against that. Right. Such as what you're talking about. Right. Right. Precisely. Right. Right. Yeah, that, that, I can see that very easily. I think it, yeah. it's, yes, in here, because, and the expectations in, in, in here on this side of the pond um, it's the expectations become that you produce more. So our <laughs> our reaction to technology and the pandemic is culturally determined. Mm, it should sure be no surprise that we're that that this is now becoming a real issue in the U.S. and it's more twenty four seven than, than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Right. Even though it's always been that way, but now this stuff is being used to even promote that to a greater degree, right, yeah. and creating a backlash. Right. Yes, right. Yes. Well, the home and, has become the workplace for so many more people, and so there's this much yeah. more of a blurring between work life, home life, and this and literally this, and, this <laughs> and, backlash, and with very little training on how to handle. Right. Exactly. The, kind of thrown into it, and yeah. this backlash. Backlash is coming mainly. It's because it's taking. It's forming along generational lines, and it's forming along gendered lines. Mm. So women are particularly affected by this because they're also having to be the caretakers with for children sure. for the most part. Mm. So they're on the front lines of this development, and. The younger generation, and I say that because I don't know if it's Gen X or Gen Y at this point. I'm such an Gen Z. I'm such an old boomer. <laughs> so, but certainly, most of the work worker generation younger than me, which yeah. is most of the generation, all the other generations, all the other generations. Yes. Um, there's a backlash to this mm-hmm. because yeah. they're not signing up for this. They're saying, right. "I'm not signing up for my for for this kind of." A significant number are not. Those who have the choice not to, mm. those who may be privileged enough not to, mm. right? Ah, I think that's an important point. Mm-hmm. But right. it takes f- different kinds of forms so that people are questioning, I can't work four different jobs for minimum wage and still not be able to have enough at the end of the week to pay my bills. Right. That this is a rigged system mm-hmm. yeah. and that... I'm not sure that this is going to benefit me. Mm-hmm. So the, the the belief, the implicit belief before that the culture was promoting is now being questioned by significant numbers of people. Yep. Now, those who, who benefit from it, they're not questioning it. <laughs> right. Right. But a whole lot of more people who aren't benefiting from it are questioning it. Yeah. Now- are there equal numbers questioning the system in Europe? Sure, there are, but mm-hmm. in Europe, it's the it's the other way around. Mm. It's the question there of giving people the individual access to control their lives, so th- so that they can achieve more. Should they be able? Should they want to? Should 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 and if and if they could, 
if they have the, the, the tools and the goods to. But in Europe, the society was always, let's, it becomes government's responsibility to create a system and a society where people can all live a decent life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I think there's been the dismantling of that on the other side of the pond in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, well, first of all, that has been mostly held up to us as being um, un-American. Almost in the sense that well, be, the been, support of the government re- has been looked at as being, um, I mean, the, the the boogeyman word is socialism, and and supporting things. Well, during the pandemic, we had socialism in areas <laughs> we haven't had socialism as at least not as much in in trying to just keep things moving mm-hmm. as opposed to letting them just suffer and um and, and that, that type of thing. Yep. But 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 let me let me just jump back a little bit just because you you I think you made some really good points about the younger generation and things like that however I will tell you this I mean I teach in a university so I'm getting students typically who are somewhere in the range of 18 to 25 in in that range and I teach online and I teach what is now known as asynchronous classes because I find that it, I, I believe it is a much more intelligent approach to online teaching mm-hmm. than synchronous, which means synchronous means you are basically setting up a classroom that you are doing in a given time, and you're looking at people's faces on a on a on a screen, and you're going through your classroom like that. Asynchronous means I'm going to provide you. Typically, it means I'm going to provide you with information. I'm going to provide you with whatever it tr- becomes the lecture for that week. I'm going to provide you with assignments, and you have maybe a week. It depends on the on the thing, but you maybe have a week to accomplish this. When do you do that? Up to you. And so it kind of goes when you talk about the the legislation in, in Portugal. I think one of the problems with that is that it looks at things in a a pre-online format. And I'm not saying I don't think it's a good thing because I think there's a value to it because you're coming from a world like that and you're coming from an awful lot of people who are going to be the executives who are mainly from that world yeah. and they're going to look at it with that mindset but the younger generation is starting to look at it in a more all-encompassing mindset. Right. And so they are it, – it, that stuff is going to have to adjust at some point mm-hmm. and say – we we can't just look at a nine to five day right. or whatever it is. And maybe they have and, and yeah, I don't know the particulars of those laws, but you're right sure. that they have to look at right the changes and in And that's a work. struggle with mm-hmm. any kind of movement forward in technology, especially. Mm-hmm. I mean, the joke always was to me, I didn't realize this when I was younger, and, and there was a thing called uh that I think Dean, you and I both saw at the New York World's Fair, which if you want to look that up online, we'll tell the, you the how old we are. 1890s? It was in the 1890s. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they had a thing called the Carousel of Pro- Pro- Progress, sorry, Carousel of Progress, from sponsored by GE. And in it, it had all of these things. That it, it took us from the the days when things were just starting to come around, electricity was starting to be used. All the benefits of industrialization. Industrialization. Mm-hmm. It was right. moving us forward. And, how, and, and then it showed us the future. And it showed us the the the, the a Jetsons type future. N- well, s- not not even even to the Jetsons, but it but it was sort of a it was sort of a uh, the 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 woman in the first of all with very much a mindset out of the fifties. Mm. It showed us it showed us the future, and it, 
the the woman at home right. and how her life will be so easy because she will have the washer dryer she will have right. this appliances. oven that can do right. this and that and so on and so forth that didn't even I don't think it even foresaw like microwaves or anything like that but it's all this so her day will be filled with being able to read magazines and all the things that women like to do mm-hmm. no not in our culture in our culture that meant now you've got more time get this done well, and I that, remember when computers, when the computer revolution began, and, and it was, there was actual discussion about how this is going to free people mm. from labor, and that we're going to have a whole class of people that are, are free of not having to do anything, right. and therefore, right. what, you know, what does government's <laughs> what responsibility? Well, of course it didn't turn out no, that way because it, they because expect the get more, more productive because right. that's the culture in which this developed. That's right, and therefore it became a self fulfilling pro- prophecy. Because, yeah. as you said, with all of the with the with, the, with what the what the French are doing, what the Portuguese are doing, what what many places are doing now, and in, in, in the United States, from the the independent society and all of that, we it, those things are the things that are going to reflect. How these things manifest themselves. Exactly. They're not escaping from them. They are just altering given the new technology. Now, let's let's look at, at a, a curious twist on this. So you've got the work to live and live to work. Mm. And in let's go the other, the other way. Let's take a look at Japan. Mm. Now, Japan is very much a live to work culture. Mm. Because Meaning that the work is their life. If you became a salaryman in in Japan, traditionally you you were a slave to the organization, right? And you worked fifteen hours a day. I mean, and there was there were stories, you know, replete of of salarymen passing out on the subway mm. in Tokyo, going home from a night of entertaining, which you were re- required, obligated to do, mm. to be with your group. Right. And having, Except they couldn't fall over because the trains are very crowded. <laughs> and literally. <laughs> and then, you know, waking up three hours later and going back to work again. Right. Now. Mm. Yeah. How it's does like this happen? Like working for a, a law firm here in the in the United mm. States. How does this happen in a group oriented culture like Japan? Yeah, not individualist. Yeah. But here we've got the phenomenon of of the live to work in a group and consensus oriented culture. So one of the reasons why this is happening there is because of your obligations to the group. Okay. Not your obligations to yourself and your family. Right. But the obligations to your group and your self-definition as a human being being defined by others. Yeah. Mm. Not by yourself. Mm. But not taking really in, in that mm. what you just described does not take into consideration the family in that situation. No. In fact, the family is secondary. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Because you're not going to be around you're not your there. family no. you're not very much there. if you're... Now, on that schedule. Now, there's backlash to that now in Japan. Mm, and, okay. and also with the rise of China over the last 20 years, the, the dramatic and revolutionary rise in China, where everybody now is fundamentally, you know, it's Wild West capitalism. Mm. So you're working for a company and you're looking to manifest that in, in, in a better life for yourself and your family. Mm-hmm. And right now, there's, there's, there's backlash and questioning as to whether th- this is a rigged system and it's not going to work for me. Mm. Not that it's communist. I mean, it's communist right. politically, but not economically. Right. right. Um, but it's the same that's complaint all, that they're having that we're having here. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So it doesn't it doesn't really matter. It's it's still a capitalist system in both cases. Mm-hmm. Sure.
you can look at how different cultures react to this live to work or work to live issue and how it manifests itself in the workplace and how we can make some predictions as to how it might go. But I think the, the, the safest prediction to make is to look at the culture in which this stuff is happening. Yeah. And you'll yes. know the way it'll come out on the other side. If you realize, are we in a culture like a live to work culture or a work to live culture? Mm -hmm. So no surprise that it's happening the way it's happening in the U S right. and no surprise that it's happening the way it's happening in Germany. Yeah. Right. No, I, I say Germany cause I'm thinking of Germany. Let's say expand that to, to more or more Europe, yeah. uh, pan European. But, but I was thinking in terms of in, in Germany, you know, one of the classic issues, you get the American going over to Germany, they're relocated, they're an expat, they work, they work and they, and they, and they absorb their, their job. They say, this is a great opportunity. And so they're working 15 hours a day, mm -hmm. you know, to, 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 to show what, what you really have right. to do right. to make it, to make a success. Right. And the Germans are like, Maybe they'll say something to to Joe over here mm. about this, but they're they're talking with each other and they're saying, "What's the matter with this American?" Like, the, you know, <laughs> they they're working so many hours, yeah. like, and they lose respect for them because, mm. in the, from the German cultural mindset, if you have to work fifteen hours a day to get your job done, mm. yeah, then something's you're something, wrong. Something's wrong. Right, you're doing yeah. wrong. You're yep. disorganized. Yep. Mm -hmm. You're yep. not. Uh, smart enough you haven't mm. figured it out mm. you haven't planned it you haven't coordinated you right. haven't done whatever you need to do yeah. in order to do your job within the the time based on human capacity yeah. right uh, right yeah not very efficient and, and, yeah. and it's in the whole aspects I, I see it in other areas too for instance i tend when i'm teaching on the ground and in the classroom i tend to teach long classes like three-hour classes so when I'm with my students, I say, oh, I'm going to give you breaks. And um, because the studies have been done that very clearly show that you can't sustain yourself at a high level no. for more than about an hour. Yeah. And that's kind of pushing it, but but about an hour. So you got to get, even if it's no, five depending minutes, on your age and your bladder, it could be much, much less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So it, it, but if, if you are, it, in even fact, if you get, I, I have to, uh, oh, oh, okay. Okay. Crying out loud. I'll, I'll be back in a I second. know I told you to do that before we started. When, when, when the, when they, if they get five, a five minute break is plenty, except I will actually say to my students, look, no one gets to sit in this room. You can stand up in this room. You don't have to necessarily leave the room. But you got to stand up because, again, the studies have been done about that. And yet, <laughs> if I had 20 kids in the classroom or 20 people in the classroom, and I say that on a regular basis, maybe 12 of those people will actually stand up. Right. And I try a couple times, and after that, I figure, well, what the heck? You know, I'm I'm not trying to. I'm not their dad. I'm not trying to fix everything about them. And part of it is the technology. They'll sit right. on their phone right. for that period of time. Now I can ban the phone, but that's not the point. I I actually want their mind to go someplace else for a while. Right. 
you know, because that freshens them up for them to, to receive what we're about to do again and, and so on. And it makes sense. And it's the, but in, in the U.S. And you're interacting with other people, potentially. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, we don't know how to relax and have a good time yeah. even, yeah. you know. And so we, we, we stretch the, the, the whole thing out and we won't listen to that. Well, it, doesn't it go back to the whole idea that, you know, you fill the time that you have. And if you have 24 hours in which to work, you're going to fill it with some sort of work. Some sort of. But it may how not be productive, productive is it? Right. And, exactly. right. And, and I think it's curious in the U.S. Um, because of the subcultures that exist in the U.S., you have um, this sometimes, I think, confusing message that's going on where uh, if you work in this workplace, you can play ping pong, mm. you can do, uh, you can take a nap, Silicon you can Valley. go, at, you, you know, the, <laughs> the, the very yeah. kind of laid back kind of California thing. Yeah, right. But the point is, you better lean in twenty four seven, and right, and, be on. and that ping pong game's got to be a little bit short, you mm -hmm. know. And you really got to produce according to the metrics at the end of every day, right. at the end of every week, at the end of every month. Yep. And so, it's yep. not as obvious. It's not, the, and, and I'll take the other extreme, which would be Manhattan, where. We're we're not we're not making believe we're having a good time. Mm -hmm. We're not having a good time. We're here to produce. Right, we're right. doing the work. Yeah. Right. Here we go. So, and, that, which, and that's which all is we're probably doing. counterproductive, but nonetheless true. Well, both are, both well, are terribly counterproductive right. if you don't have if you don't have human sustenance support. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 very much. Um, and, and that's a, that's a, a really good point too, because I'm realizing with these, watching these students, the way they behave, there is no support system that teaches them how to do this. There's anything yeah. that I introduce to them is almost inevitably brand new to them and therefore questioned. Well, I think that goes to the individualism right. because um, right. somebody once said that if you're in a meeting in the U.S., you have to say something even if you have nothing to say mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it, if you don't say something, everyone's going to question, where's the value? What why, are you doing? Why is right. Dean here at the meeting? He, yes. didn't, he didn't say anything. He didn't offer a solution. Right. He didn't come up with something that would have, would have helped us all. And there's meetings all the time. Yeah, so if yes. you don't if you don't say anything you know you got to come up with something now it doesn't have to be productive it could be actually destructive but sometimes it, i think yeah <laughs> but it looks like it looks like you're an important person you have something mm -hmm. to say yeah you know i could disagree with it mm -hmm. and maybe we all disagree with it but at least you said something yeah yeah you know, and i've had people from cultures where if you don't have anything constructive to say, you stay quiet. Mm. And they've come to U.S. meetings mm. and they say, wow, this is a battlefield. Mm -hmm. And right. And, and and it's so unnecessary all of this all of this back and forth with people just saying things just to make it look like they had something to contribute. Mm -hmm. But the, now these variations though they they there th these differences are also on variation, variational lines. So we we said there's a difference between the way it manifests itself in California and the way it manifests itself in, let's say, Manhattan. There's a difference in Europe too. You know, as you go further south in Europe, it becomes much more of this um, this kind of. Well, traditionally, it was this kind of uh, work to live. And as as you went north, where industrialization began, mm. um, then then it was more the opposite. Now it's kind of 
it's kind of smoothed itself out, mm. but there's lots of variations yeah. on, on this theme. But in the big picture, it's more this way on one side of the pond than it is that way on right. the other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you do have you do have the scenarios very much of the you know the global the global culture of of working for a company that is based out of out of Europe, let's say, right, and working for them in the United States, mm -hmm. and and the where and again when you know companies from France, companies from Germany are going to have a different overall culture of their company. Uh, affecting the people in the United States who are working and people from the United States are walking into that and there's going to be an impact of that on them and yet they're coming to it in the United States with that individual United States view of what I'm supposed to do and right. first one in last one out type stuff that ne isn't necessarily effective at all right. but nonetheless is something that has been promoted a lot through throughout this country for for generations and you bring that in into a culture that is looking at no we want to look at you accomplishing this or if it's a french culture um that you're that the company is from is it the journey to where you're going as opposed to the final spot the the, the where you're land all of those are different things in culture that have been there for 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 decade decades and for centuries and in some form and that they're being crossed over and this is the whole thing and with 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 the internet um you're dealing this with this stuff perhaps on a, on a continuous 24-7 yeah. type of scenario in some way. I think that one of the things we have to be uh, careful about is to assume that because we have this technology, that these differences are going to fade away and be, mm -hmm. and be sanded down. Right. And uh, the truth is that there is absolutely no evidence in cultural interaction that differences get sanded down simply by virtue of being in proximity with one mm -hmm. another. If anything, technology brings us in proximity with each other dramatically, instantly. But if anything, historically, when cultures come in proximity with each other, the first reactions, it, it's not about becoming more like the other or learning from the other or kumbaya or any of that. It, the first reactions is hostility, misunderstanding, confrontation, defensiveness. Yeah. 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 And so I think we're, we're really in a kind of tricky, if not dangerous mm -hmm. moment, mm -hmm. because we, until you learn the value of doing things the other way or the way someone else is doing it in their culture, until you learn the value of that, the immediate reaction often is all of that negative stuff. Right. I, you know, right. Right. I, I'm, right. I'm not going to do that. Why are you doing that? You don't understand me. I don't understand you. There's no value in that. There's no benefit. Blah, 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 blah. Right. We've done That's, it this way for a long time. Right. Whatever. That's the immediate reaction. And right now, I think we're living in a moment we, where all of this intercultural contact is creating these first reactions. Now, can we get to that place where we can begin to see the value of, of doing it a different way? Sure we can. Right. But that's going to take to manage that. education. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's going to take awareness. It's going to take helping people see the value of changing their ways. And if you've ever tried to get people to change their ways, you know how hard that can be.
coming out of the pandemic, I get the sense that more Americans are open to, you know, sort of practices and customs in work to live cultures, right? And saying, actually, that seems like a better fit given, <laughs> given, uh, you know, the, that's definitely millennial. It's definitely yeah, Gen X. It's definitely Gen Y. And so Absolutely. I have a question because I've, I've seen over the last couple of years, just more and more articles about the idea of a four day work week or in like pilot programs in the U S around that. Are, are there, are there countries that have current, do you know if there are countries that have a four day week work week? It's not just a four day work week. I think, and there are some, yes, there are. Um, and in fact, the, the EU is moving toward, um, instituting, I think a four and a half day work week as a standard. Um, I'm not sure about the details of that, mm-hmm. but I've seen that m- movement materialize. Okay. Um, but it's also ideas like a um, a, gu- a guaranteed income, mm. right? Yeah. Because right. we no right. longer because we may be developing through technology an entire class of people that cannot work, mm. and be- not yeah. because they can't work, but because there's no need for it. Right. So. Do we do we need to have do we need to evolve into a into a guaranteed income for mm-hmm. everyone? Right. Is that a solution? Right. As as opposed to having people living on the streets, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, yeah, there are lots of those kinds of things, and I think it's very active, and I think there's a lot of momentum in these directions, right. as radical as they may sound, only to the ears of the. Uh, Within the U.S. culture, these things sound radical. Yeah. Right. But yeah. what? What's what's less, less what, radical? What's yeah, radical? But, what is radical about no. providing basic human needs right. for the to the to the society? No, because you're right. not right. pulling yourself up by your well, own boots. Exactly. Right. Culture. Because it, and therefore you you're creating yep. a spoiled generation or whatever you culture want. And political wealth. We've yep. heard these things many many times yep. in this country, and it is. And I will. I will say that I think that there is no chance, regardless of how well we do, that you or I will live to see that happen in this country. Well, let's see your question. What what's going to manifest? How long will it take? Will it ever? I think take, it's a you know? slow. It's a slow process we'll in, we'll in this country. Yeah. Only because people have been conditioned, and this is part of culture. Yep. People have been conditioned to fear it mm-hmm. for reasons that are against their own radical, betterment. Seen as radical. Yes. Yep. Because they benefit a small group of people who can basically make money. And we'll have a lot of, have, of have a big platform and lots of money to say, this that's is not, not good. Goes. This yes. is radical. This is scary. And that's why right. it takes major difficulties usually right. to, to get some sort of evolutionary, significant that. movement mm-hmm. as opposed to the, 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 to the much slower evolution well, process. That also raises the other uh, cultural issue and we can probably have another podcast about mm, this i think we're gonna have to <laughs> which is evolutionary cultures and revolutionary cultures that mm. there are some cultures that make great progress very very slowly yeah there are some cultures that make slow progress or not so much progress very, very quickly <laughs> very quickly right now at the end of we're the day we're gonna work on that as we often do one podcast do. at a time as we often do mm-hmm. yes. because yes. oops your culture's showing smell you
Okay, listen, the way to get hold of us is oopscultureshow at gmail.com. And our Twitter handle is Oops Culture Show. Whether this is the first episode or the third episode or whatever episode that you've listened to, you should really subscribe. That's the best way to go, really. Honestly, I know what I'm talking about. All right, so just subscribe through iTunes or through wherever you get your podcasts from. Subscribe. Thank you.